You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Just a reminder again, tomorrow night, we were not able to meet last Monday night just because um, of the weather, but we're going to continue in our study, our prayer time, just again, a discerning time. Uh, We've been kind of going through the book of Nehemiah, Old Testament uh, book of Nehemiah, and we're going to be in chapter nine tomorrow. Um, And because we didn't get to meet last Monday and really kind of do chapter eight, I'm going to include chapter eight in that because one of the things that's kind of unique about chapter nine Uh, If you've not yet read that, what you're going to discover is it's largely kind of a prayer uh, that Ezra is giving there uh, in chapter 9. And we're going to look at that, but there's also just a lot of really cool things that happened uh, back there in chapter 8 that I want to talk about as well, because in chapter 8, you kind of have where there is that public reading, that public declaration uh, of the word of God, and, and the people have not heard this for a while, and so there's kind of this hunger in the hearts of people to hear from God, and so the, the priests, they, they get up and they kind of begin to read the word of God, and there's just kind of this celebration, there's, there's this sense of awe, there's this weeping that kind of begins to happen as they're hearing the word of God, and they're kind of beginning to see how far they have um, come from what God has called them to be. And, and then there's this, uh, there's this institution of the festival, uh, the Feast of Shelters or the Feast of Booths um, that, that uh, is, is incorporated there. And there's just a lot of really interesting things that happen uh, in that that I want to kind of look at uh, and focus and kind of pray through uh, tomorrow night. So just invite you to come back here tomorrow night, 6 30 right here um, and uh, be a part of that. Uh, We've had some great uh, Monday nights. If you've not yet been a part of that, it's still not too late to just come. So between now and then, just kind of try to read through chapters 8 and chapter 9. As a matter of fact, it's really kind of chapter 8 has been part of the reason why we've done the read through the Bible the last couple of years. If any of you have been a part of that, uh, during the summer, we've taken a week and we've set a tent up over Uh, by the courthouse there, and we've read the entire book of the Bible. And it really kind of, um, part of that uh, vision kind of comes out of what they did there in Nehemiah. There is just a power that is released when you just begin to publicly declare the word of the Lord. And and we see that in Nehemiah chapter 8. And again, it's one of the reasons, it's one of the you know, catalyst as to why we do that. We're going to be doing that again this year sometime during the summer. So uh, hopefully when that, uh, if you've not been a part of that, when we do that again this year, uh, you can uh, get in on that. Again, it's just a wonderful opportunity. So again, just encourage you, if you've not yet done that, just take time to read through uh, chapters 8 and 9 and just come again tomorrow night, 6.30 to 7.30 um, right here. Also, one other thing that I kind of want to just let you know, kind of encourage you on, uh, many of you know, a while back, I'd kind of talked about the God's Got This bracelet. Uh, I'd, I'd had some out there, um, and people were taking them, which is great, and I, I kind of ran out, and the place I was getting them, I couldn't get them. 
uh, any longer. And so uh, I, I kind of just sidelined that um, and just kind of really felt like, you know, that God was just kind of stirring in my heart just a need to really kind of continue um, with this. Uh, a lot of you will notice I've got, uh, I usually tried to, had been trying to wear three of these, at least three of these on my wrist, and there was a purpose for this. Um, and so what I was really trying to do with this was when I would meet an individual who was going through a really tough time, I would, I would take one of these off um, and, and give it to them, and I would share with them uh, a difficulty that I had gone through where I really felt like God had my back. God's got this. God is taking care of me. God is taking care of this situation. So I would share with them, give this to them, and encourage them. I want you to wear this on your wrist so that every time you look down and you see those three words, God's got this, that you would just remember God's got your back. God's going to get you through this. Uh, God is for you. I would just really use it in any way that I could to kind of encourage um, them. And then I pray for them. And so what I'm asking, if you really feel led, again, it is a great way to just, again, share your faith with people. Um, if you want to grab some, I've got a ton of them out there um, now. Um, so the cool thing about these are the ones I had last time only had God's got this on one side. Um, I got them on both sides now. So these are the new and improved version, right? Um, <laughs> The other cool thing was the place I was getting them at, they wanted a dollar a piece for these. The place I got them at, I was able to get them for 50 cents a piece. So I got, you know, uh, twice the message and, you know, twice the price. So what I would invite you to do, and I know some of you uh, were doing this, uh, taking these and putting them on your wrist and giving them out to people. I, I always thought it was really cool. Um, I know kind of what Claudia, you had one of these on when you guys went through through that whole ordeal with Wyatt, and, and I saw that every time on her wrist when I would visit them, and I would just think, yep, she, she knows. God's got this. And she's got it on now. Um, I went into hospice um, with an older lady who was getting ready uh, to pass away, and I noticed she had one of these on um, and found out that somebody from the church had given it to her, and so it was just an awesome way to segue because I was able to say to her and I, I showed her my bracelet and I said, I've got one of these too. And I said, do you understand what it means that God's got this? And she said, no, I don't know what it means. And so I was really able to kind of share with her uh, what that meant um, and that God is with you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you. And I could just feel kind of this, uh, this faith and this uh, peace kind of just settle over her. So folks, these are a great way to segue into conversation with people. So you can pick these up. There's a basket full of them out there. Um, and because I really kind of want to continue to make these available, if you, can, if you can afford it, great. If you can't, I'm good with that too. Um, but again, they're 50 cents a piece. If you can drop a couple of bucks in there, take some. That way we can kind of just keep making sure that we've got these um, on hand. So they're back there, they're available, pick them up, put them on, pass them out, pray with people. Again, it's just a great opportunity, uh, again, to just you know, talk to people about what God has done for you. And again, just instill faith, inspire hope uh, and confidence in them that what God has done for you, 
God will do um, for them as well. So I just wanted you to know that those are available and back there and you can pick those up uh, on your way out. Uh, well, two weeks ago, uh, we kind of started talking uh, about the role of suffering um, in our lives and I was not able to get through all of it. Um, and so I was kind of tempted just to kind of move on uh, into a different um, kind of a different uh, topic, and many of you came up and said, I really hope you will finish that. And so I kind of felt, you know, like God was saying to me, I really kind of need to finish this message. So my plan was to come last Sunday and finish this message, but as you know, we ended up not having church uh, because of the weather. So I kind of want to try to pick up where we left off, and just because it's been a couple of weeks, and those of you that, you know, there may be some of you here today that weren't here uh, a couple of weeks, uh, I want to kind of just give you a brief overview of what I talked about uh, two weeks ago. And I talked about that one of the things all of us have in common, there's many things we have in common, and one of those things is, is that all of us are going to suffer in life. Okay, many of you are going to suffer on and off throughout life. Okay, it comes to all of us. None of us are immune from that. We talked about, you know, suffering happens fairly and unfairly. You know, suffering happens, you know, when we do the wrong thing and then bad things happen to us. And I talked about that whole concept that that's justice. When we do bad and then bad consequences follow that, we talked about that that's justice. That's why we have, you know, jails and we have, you know, judges and, and courtrooms and juries. And again, we all understand that, that that's, you know, that's the way it should be. When you, when you do bad, you know, we should be, you know, bad things should happen in response to that. You know, we talked about, you know, when, when good things, we do good things and then good things happen happen in response. Again, we called that fairness. You know, it's just fair when you do good and good comes back to you. That's just fair. That's the way it should be. We all understand that. We're good with that. However, when you do something good and then bad things happen to you, that's a whole different thing. That's very, very difficult. And so, you know, we, we understood the concept of justice. We understood the concept of fairness. And, and that thing when, you know, bad things happen when we do good, what do we call that? Well, interestingly, the Bible calls that being blessed. That's a tough one. When you do something good and something bad happens in response to you, especially when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ, when it comes to our witness for Christ, when we're taking a stand for Jesus Christ, when we're loving people, when we're trying to help people and we're doing the good, we're doing the right thing and then something bad happens in response to that, again, we kind of think that is unfair, that is unjust, but the Bible calls that being blessed. And we talked about that in verse 14, but even in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Now, Peter, he's writing this. He was a disciple of Jesus. He walked with Jesus when Jesus was here upon the earth. And Peter is writing this letter to believers who are suffering 
persecution. I mean, they're suffering martyrdom. They're suffering all kinds of things because of what they believed about Jesus Christ. They, they suffered greatly because of their witness of his resurrection from the dead. They really believed the message wholeheartedly of the cross. They believed in who Jesus was so much so that they were willing to suffer persecution. They were willing to suffer that in order to share that message with unbelievers, calling them to repentance, even if it meant they were going to suffer or be persecuted. Now, again, few of us in this room can, can, we have a difficult time relating to that kind of a situation. Most of us, if not all of us in this room, we've never really had to suffer to any great extent because of our witness for Jesus Christ, like Peter did and those back in Peter's day when he's writing this letter. But folks, I believe if our culture continues to head in the direction it's heading in, there will come a day not too far off where we may have to take a stand, a strong stand for Jesus Christ, and we may suffer persecution because of it. So the question we kind of looked at two weeks ago is, how do you deal with suffering when bad things happen, especially when you're doing the right thing, especially suffering persecution because of your faith in Jesus Christ? How do you take the burden of being unfairly treated, unjustly persecuted, and how do you turn that into a blessing? How do you receive that as a blessing from God? And we talked about how do you go from being good to great in the kingdom of God? Because again, if we don't know how to do that, there's going to come a day we're going to need to know how do we take, how do we receive God's blessings in that form. And luckily, Peter kind of shows us some ways uh, to do that. And we looked at that first one two weeks ago, and that was you just got to keep your confidence complete. You just got to keep your confidence complete. 1 Peter 3.14, but if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. And we kind of talked about that little word, but. Boy, that is a powerful word. That is a life-changing word. People are going to say bad things to you. Even when you say good things about them, people are going to do bad things to you. Even when you do good things to them, people are going to take advantage of you. Even if you have treated them fairly and squarely, the Bible says, don't get focused on that. Get focused on the fact that when you do good, when you do right, and bad comes back, rejoice in the fact that you are blessed. Then we talked about, you know, in verse 17, for it's better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And we kind of talked about there's that other benefit there. And that is that we can know we are in the will of God. 
When you are, are doing good and bad comes back on you, especially through persecution and suffering, the one thing that you can take great confidence in knowing is, I am in the will of God. I may not understand why any of this is happening. I may not understand completely what God is going to do with this. But the one thing I can know beyond a shadow of a doubt is I am smack dab in the middle of God's will. And sometimes we just have to find and take our peace in that alone. Verse 15 also encourages us that in those times when we're suffering for doing good, and he says, but revere in your hearts Christ as Lord. And we talked about that word revere. It literally means to kind of, again, set apart or to separate or to put all by itself uh, in, in, in a place, to put in a place all by itself. In other words, the first thing you've got to do when you are in a situation like this is you have got to make your heart a one-room house, and you got to fill that room with Jesus. And the way you turn your fear into faith, and again, we talked about this, is you got to change your focus. you got to change your focus. When bad things come to you, because you're doing the good thing, the right thing. Oftentimes, we want to get focused on the person. We want to get focused on the situation. And when you do that, when you begin to focus on the person, on the situation that is wronging you, you are going to get into fear. You're going to get into anger. You're going to get into confusion. But I'll tell you what, if you'll get your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes and fix your focus on Jesus, if you'll just revere, if you'll just set him apart in your heart as Lord, it will, it will keep you from fear and it'll bring you into faith. If you look at what someone is doing to you, you will have fear and anger, but if by faith you'll look at who is living inside of you, Greater is he that is in you than anyone, anything in the world. If you will get your focus there, you will find favor, wisdom, strength, not only to persevere, but you will also find that to prevail. How many of you remember this picture? Remember this many, many, you know, several years ago, but it was on a very warm winter morning uh, in early February 2015 that these 20 Egyptian Christians were lined up on a Libyan beach in orange jumpsuits. They were about to be beheaded, again, not for doing wrong, but for doing good. Not for hating anybody, but for loving everybody. And as they showed this video, a caption rolled across the screen and it said, people of the cross, followers of the hostile Egyptian church. In other words, they were threatening the church. If you don't give up your faith, if you don't stop this, this is exactly what's going to happen to you. And then moments later, they took knives to the throats of those Egyptian Christians. And the amazing thing on the video was the complete calm and the peace upon those Egyptian Christians. 
no outburst, no, no cries, no complaining. Instead, they gazed up into heaven, and these were their final words, Yah, Rabbi, Yaso, which was translated to mean, my Lord Jesus. Man, that is the peace that passes understanding. That is the peace that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you what, if we ever, ever get to a place like that in this country, we're going to need that kind of peace. We're going to need that kind of focus. We're going to need that kind of relationship that we can go through there and remain at peace and remain calm. So how could they act that way? I mean, how could they go through that? How could they die that way? How could they keep their confidence so complete? Because to the very end, they acknowledged, they revered Christ in their hearts, regardless of the consequences, regardless of the persecution and the suffering they endured. So that was the first one. Keep your confidence complete. Second one is keep your convictions constant. Here's another reason why when you're in a bad situation or bad things are happening to you because of the good things you're doing, verse 15 says, always, 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 always be prepared to give an answer or give a response to everyone who ask you to give the reason for the hope you have. This is why, again, you need to count it a blessing when people do wrong, when you are doing right. God is giving you a platform to be a witness. Those, those men on that Libyan beach, those men, they were being given in that moment a platform to be a witness for Jesus Christ. God gives us an opportunity many times to be able to shine his light into great darkness. And God may be through this giving you an opportunity to show how Jesus truly makes a difference and an impact in your life. Because see, here's the thing. When everybody around you is losing their head, but you're keeping yours, when, when everybody else you know, is kind of losing heart, but you're gaining heart, when people are reacting out of fear, but you're reacting out of faith, when other people are kind of being bitter and complaining and questioning everything and you're kind of at this place of peace and confidence and you're kind of revering in your heart Christ is Lord. And again, you're not acting, you're not reacting the way they are or the way the world would expect you to be. Guess what? People are going to stop, they're going to look at you, they're going to see the way you're reacting and responding and they're going to ask you, what is it? What is it about you that causes you to react to all of this so differently? What is it that causes you, rather than freaking out, you're just kind of calm, you're kind of just able to deal with all of this, what is it about you that causes you to act so differently? Listen, you're going to only be asked those questions if you are acting 
differently. If you're acting like Christ in those situations when nobody else around you is. Every chance you get, we need to be ready. We need to be prepared to give an answer to the questions, to the hope, to the peace, to the confidence that is within us. Now that word answer from the Greek, it comes from the word apologia. And and you'll figure out that's where we get the word apology from. And it literally means, that word literally means to defend or to mount up a defense. It means to defend not only what you believe, but why do you believe that? And there's a lot of you that believe many things, but you don't know why you believe what you believe. And oftentimes, it's when we get in those places of suffering, of persecution, that we really got to go deeper, not just to understand what do I believe, but why do I believe this? Why am I willing to go through this? So again, getting prepared, being ready. I know many of you are maybe familiar with the man William Tyndale. William Tyndale was born a long, long time ago, back in 1494, and and he was a brilliant scholar, a theologian, and he is the man who was responsible for making the first English uh, Bible um, uh, it translated it uh, into English. As a matter of fact, uh, Tyndale's dedication, his hard work, when they went to create the King James Version, uh, which was a long time ago, over 80% of the work uh, that, that was put into the King James Bible came from the work of William Tyndale. I mean, this man was brilliant. He was fluent, I think, like in eight different languages. Um, he learned uh, the Greek Uh, just so that he was able to uh, do the translation work. And he really, really felt very, very compelled, very called by God to translate the New Testament from Greek Aramaic into English because he really believed that this would help the average ordinary person kind of understand Scripture directly and not through the filter or the bias of the Church of England at that time. Uh, There were many uh, priests that were very, very liberal. Uh, Tyndale was one of those people that really believed in the priesthood of believers. He really believed that that, um, the, the church was to be the body. They were to be the representation of Christ upon the earth. And this was something that the priests did not embrace. As a matter of fact, they thought they were the only ones learned enough to be able to read and to interpret and to teach and to apply the scriptures. And they just didn't feel that the common man uh, should have access to any of that. And so Tyndale, he goes through just an enormous amount of work and an enormous amount amount of persecution and suffering because there were many people inside the church, especially in the hierarchy of the church, that did not want this to happen. And so they fought Tyndale um, in in every way possible to prevent him from doing this. Uh, So much so that there was one time, uh, this was kind of interesting, it's a pretty well-known comment, but uh, Tyndale is having this confrontation with a very liberal priest, um, and he tells this priest at one point, he said, if God spares my life ere many years pass, and this is what he says, I will cause a boy 
who driveth the plow to understand more of the scripture than you do. Boom is right. <laughs> Boom is right. And so the challenge for Tyndale was, how is he going to do this with, with so many people against him? Um, but God made a way, and, and he was so just constant, and, and he was so faithful in that conviction of what God was calling him to do. I mean, just, there's, there's kind of just, you know, some funny moments in that. You know, at one point, uh, you know, he, he gets to Germany and he, and he prints up a bunch of uh, these New Testaments in England, in English, and then he goes to try to get them out to people. And one of the, um, I think it's the Bishop of Canterbury, uh, goes in and he buys up all, he's, he's not for this at all. He's very, very hostile, very much against what uh, Tyndale was doing. So he goes in and he buys up all of the New Testaments, and then he burns them. Tyndale takes the money that he paid and printed even more in an improved version of the Bible. So anyway, everything that they did to try to stop this guy. And so in the very, very end, um, the priests are looking for him. Um, you know, King Henry VIII, he had kind of crossed him. There were a lot of people looking, and God kind of just kept him protected. And finally, there was a, a supposed friend of Tyndale's um, who uh, befriended him and then uh, deceived him and, and gave him up to the authorities. And, and Tyndale eventually was strangled and then burned at the cross. But before he was burned, his prayer was simply this, Lord Jesus, he said, open the eyes of the King of England. And that prayer was answered. As a matter of fact, that king uh, went on uh, to see to it that the English Bible uh, was available to any and all uh, who wanted that. So again, the whole concept there, again, is just keeping your convictions constant. So get it, count it as a blessing. Count it as an opportunity, a platform to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Not because you're being disciplined for what you're doing, for what is wrong, but you're being disciplined, you're being developed for doing what is right. I said this last week, let me say this again. Prosperity does not give you that opportunity. Adversity does. You're not going to get this opportunity on the, on the mountain. Oftentimes, those opportunities to become a witness happen in the valleys of life. Okay, it doesn't happen in pleasure. Pleasure doesn't give you that platform. Pain does. And oftentimes, again, we don't embrace it that way. So many times, bad things, suffering, persecution come upon us because God wants to use that as an opportunity, a platform to share Jesus with someone who otherwise might not ever listen. That's why it is so important that when you are suffering not for doing wrong, but for doing right, you don't suffer silently, you don't suffer defiantly, you suffer reliantly, putting your faith, your focus, your trust on the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting that he wants to use you to bear witness for him. 
What is it we're to give a reason for? Again, it says we are to give reason for the hope that we have. And what is that hope? It is, it is the hope of a resurrected Christ. And the hope there is a Lord of the universe who is in control of our lives, that is always going to guide us to where we need to go, always going to guard us to make sure we get there. He's always going to give us what we need to be able to do what he's calling us to do. What matters is not where you are in life. What matters is where is Jesus in your life. If you've got Jesus, you've got hope. And I want you to understand our hope, the Christian hope, it is so different from what the hope of the world is. Do you know what is different about our hope? Our hope is not fully or finally found here. Our hope is not fully, finally found now. The world's hope is fully and finally here and now. Their hope, the world puts its hope in money, in power, in success, in medicine, science, but we'll never ever know enough. We'll never spend enough to solve all of the world's problems. The world's hope is here and now, but our hope is never fully or finally here and now. And again, it talks about that uh, in that video so well. Our hope is not in anything down here. It's not in anyone down here, but in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing we can hold in our hands. We just need to understand he's holding everything in his hand. And we have got to have a firm conviction that because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, there is always hope in every situation. There is always hope in every circumstance. There is always victory at the doorstep of every defeat. There is always life even in the midst of death. I'm out of time, but I'm gonna just, I'll give you the other two. It's just keep your conduct clean. Is the third one. Keep your conduct clean. Keep your confidence complete. Keep your convictions constant. Keep your conduct clean. Verse 15 says that when we're doing this, we gotta do it with gentleness and respect. Okay, whenever we are defending our Christian faith, whenever we're giving a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, when we are standing up for our convictions, okay, we've always got to do it in love, in humility, in gentleness, in respect, in graciousness. We are to defend the truth without being defensive. Amen? Our job is not to win the argument. Our job is to win the heart. And no matter how much we may be disrespected, we are to never disrespect. No matter how much we may be ridiculed, we are never to ridicule in return. I have never, ever, and, and have you, Jim, ever seen anybody bullied or belittled into the kingdom of God? No. Never seen anybody belittled or bullied into the kingdom of God. We have got to make sure that we are more concerned about winning the heart than winning the argument. The final one is just keep your conscience clear. And Peter just talks about that in verse 16, 17, keeping a clear conscience. 
so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. And that's not ours to do, that is God's. God will bring conviction in those areas. He said, for it's better if it is God's will. There's that concept again. If it's the will of God, it is better for you and I to do good than for doing evil. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. Father, again, we just thank you. And God, these are, these are important, but they're also very difficult keys to the kingdom. And God, oftentimes we really seem to better understand this when good things happen because of the good things we do. And God, yet it's very, very difficult when we suffer bad or we suffer harm, we suffer persecution or suffering for doing good. God, oftentimes, God, that is very, very difficult to understand. It's very difficult to walk through. But Father, again, we thank you for the walk, the witness of Jesus Christ. Because God, that is the greatest example of someone who did good, but suffered the ultimate cost, the ultimate consequence, the ultimate penalty of his death upon the cross. And yet, God, how you were able to take something that was meant for evil, and God, you turned it to great good. And we thank you as we're going to kind of launch into these next couple of weeks where we're going to talk about Christ witness his testimony from the cross. That as he hung there upon the cross, we're going to look at the words, the actions that came from him. And so, Father, we definitely really want to grow in this and understanding the proper role of suffering, how maybe you want to use that in our lives to be a witness for you, to be a witness to others around us of that hope that is within us. And so, Father, I pray again, Lord, you're just going to continue to work, to sow, just to increase this message in our heart. That, God, you would make us a people who understand this, who can faithfully walk this out, not just believe it in concept, but to be able to walk this out in reality. And so, Father, again, we just thank you that we acknowledge that you are in complete control. And, Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would just continue to guide our hearts, continue to shepherd our lives, that, God, you would continue to lead us where it is that you want us to go and to do what it is that you're calling us to do. And, God, whatever we may encounter in that, that again, God, there would just come that place, that peace in us that just reveres you, that sets you apart as Lord of our lives. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this teaching. We thank you again for the opportunities to walk this out. And we thank you for your blessings, which are, are, are many we thank you for your promises, which are many. 
We just again thank you for your power and your presence in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I also just want to, I just want to pray. I'm going to pray these, for these bracelets. Father, again, I, I just, I want to pray for these bracelets as people take these bracelets. Again, God, this is, again, another opportunity where we can witness your faithfulness, your goodness, your kindness, that we can witness your provision, your faithfulness, your steadfastness, that, God, we can, we can, testify to your promises that God, no matter what we've gone through, you've been with us. You've got us. You're for us. And so, Father, I pray as we take these these bracelets, Lord, that, that you would again just lead us and guide us, bring people into our path that we can again just share and pray for, that we would be able to give them one of these, again, just pointing them to you for all things pertaining to their lives. And so, Father, I just pray for these bracelets, pray for the people that take them, that you're just again going to open opportunities to share about your goodness. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.